a listener production. This is me giving birth to my second kid. It's coming now. And this is me ten minutes later finding out which bits of the birth waste I get to take home. What about, like, so the umbilical cord, does that go, um... Do I have that? Yes, you've got the whole lot. Oh, God, that's disgusting. It's all attached. Of course, I was excited about bringing new life into the world, yada, 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 but for the last few months, I've also been pretty preoccupied with all the waste that comes with her. This is Zero Waste Baby. Zero Waste Baby. I'm Veronica Milsom. I'm a mum of two, a radio host and a disgusting, shameful consumer of things I just do not need. My kids bring me great joy. But you know what else does? The idea of buying stuff for them online. I say women get heaps of endorphins after becoming a mum, but I also swear by the endorphins I get when I hear a delivery man knock on the door and a tiny package of tiny clothes lands on my doorstep. I needed an intervention, and this podcast is it. Because as you'll hear, I've decided to do something I assume will be very rewarding, but also very difficult. This time around for my second baby Zoe, I'm attempting to raise her without using anything that goes into landfill for at least the first three months of her life. Nothing. No throwaway nappies, wipes, pads. Nothing new that's made of plastic. Only recycled stuff. Is it even possible? I guess we'll find out. Is life just hard enough with a newborn and I should not try to overcomplicate things with sabotaging myself? Absolutely, but I did and I have, so strap in. You see, just like Zoe, the idea behind this podcast was conceived by my husband and I in our bedroom late one night, under slightly less sexy circumstances. Sexy, sure, but less so. But first, I want to show you these pictures just into the newsroom where an out-of-control bushfire is right now sending large amounts of smoke into the air in Sydney South West. At the time, there were bushfires burning across the country. There'd been horrible droughts and there was smoke covering capital cities. It really felt like Mother Nature had crapped her dax and it was all our fault. So anyway, Nick, my husband and I were lying in bed reading the news and he said... You know, given like the state of the world, the climate crisis and, and all that, don't you think it's irresponsible to bring another kid into the world? And then maybe on it's a statement. It's irresponsible to bring another kid into the world. Yeah, cool. That's a reenactment and I swear that's the only reenactment in this podcast, even though Nick would love the acting work. He usually works behind the scenes as a TV producer, but he secretly loves the limelight. I think it all started with his teenage improv days when he assures me he was the best in his class. He also reckons he was cool at school, which feels like a pretty big leap. No offence, Nick. But the point is, what he said really stayed with me because the whole idea of irresponsibly bringing a baby into this scary, uncertain, overpopulated world was something I'd been wondering about too. The only problem was, unfortunately, at the time, I was six months pregnant, making Nick's thought bubble somewhat jerky. Either way, it was too late. But the conversation was a moment of clarity for me. I thought, you know what? I have a compost. I recycle soft plastics and make a point of being seen at the supermarket when I do and occasionally use beeswax wraps that I bought from a hipster dressed as a farmer. But it's not enough. I need to do more and hope other people do too. Then maybe we can steer this ship around. Going zero waste isn't going to be an easy change for me, especially because I know how hard it is with a newborn. And I certainly never grew up caring much about the environment. 
I mean, yeah, sure, we did clean up Australia Day back in the 90s. It was one of the hottest events on the calendar. But I imagine the most my parents did was just, like, plonk me down in front of Captain Planet and hope for the best. Mum will hate me for saying that. Hello. But here's my dad. Can you remind me what we're doing? He certainly wouldn't describe himself as being an overly environmentally friendly guy. I think I'm pretty, pretty just friendly in general, but I'm not sure about the environment. <laughs> we call my dad Big Mill because our last name's Milsom and he's big, six foot three. He's also lovable, cheeky and often inappropriate. How so inappropriate? Well, uh, for example, at my 21st, he ball tapped the guy I was seeing as a form of a greeting. It's like a caveman-esque form of communication. I think it's a hangover from his boarding school days. It's weird, but the dude I was dating loved it. People love Big Mill in general. He's the best. Uh, What else should you know about him? His hobbies include stealing hotel soaps and panic buying products in bulk from eBay. Yeah, that's happened a few times. I think the most memorable was when I bought... I thought I bought one electric golf cart and it turned out I bought four. And so I had to sell them to everybody and they all broke down with the first use... (laughs) So, I mean, in fact, buying in bulk is very environmentally friendly, Dad. I don't know if you know that because you buy less little packaging and so... It's one of the key reasons I do it. That's not true. As you would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not that worried about waste. I remember one time he bought a whole heap of ham in bulk. Every year for Christmas, the pig has to be bigger than the last. And nowadays... We can't even fit it in our normal fridge. What do you reckon is the most environmental activist thing you do? Um, I think when I play golf, I fill up my divots with sand. Um, That's one thing. (laughs) Another thing is I... uh... (laughs) What does that even mean? Well, it means the grass will grow again and to provide, you know, oxygen into the environment. That's my thing. Um, The other thing I do that's environmentally friendly is... um, Oh, oh, yeah, the hard plastic stuff, I give that to Coles. Okay. Yeah, I do that. You mean the soft plastic? Yeah, that's the stuff, yeah. Your mother tells me what it is and then I take it there. Mm -mm. Um, Other than that, I think I'm pretty pretty just friendly in general, but I'm not sure about the environment. (laughs) Okay, so he's definitely taking the piss. I mean, I both think and hope he is. But I guess it is kind of tricky for boomers with all these new ways to recycle things to be environmentally friendly. Um, what, do you, what do you think of me trying to go zero waste? Oh, I think it's bullshit. Mm. How do you go zero waste when you've got a baby at three, two and nearly three-year-old um, and you live in the centre of Sydney and you like buying takeaway? Mm. Well, all I of mean, which is packaged. N- but my whole life isn't going zero waste, just stuff to do with the baby. It is a loophole. Okay, Dad, love you, but that's not the type of negativity I need at the start of my mission to save the environment. The idea of going zero waste as a parent will be super hard. I mean, there's a reason almost no one does this, but I gotta do it, right? But also, surely I'm setting myself up to fail. I mean, have you seen the convenient and wonderful disposable stuff you can get for babies? It's tempting and endless. Okay, so here I am lurking in the aisles of baby bunting. What do we got? We got nursing pads. We got ourselves some scented nappy bags. We've got disposable change mats. In fact, there's an entire aisle called disposables. There's, of course, nappies. There is wipes. There is all sorts of storage systems for disposable things. Damn, I love wipes. 
God, it looked good seeing those wipes. I love wipes. I'm such a wet wipes fiend. With my first baby, Lila, who's now two, by the way, I started using them to just wipe my face instead of a serviette at cafes. One time, instead of mopping the stairs, I just slowly wiped them down with a wet wipe. It actually worked very well. There are lots of things that people at baby shops won't tell you, like that buying disposable stuff means the amount of waste you'll end up going through with a newborn is outrageous. They also don't tell you if you've arrived at the store with half your maternity bra undone and lopsided. Happens to me all the time. Oh, God. Actually, it's happened to me right now. Excuse me. There we go. But on my mission to become zero waste, you'll be meeting people along the way who are doing their bit for the environment by approaching parenting really differently. Like parents who avoid disposable nappies by potty training their baby from birth. Here's one parent who tells me it's a very rewarding and, well, pleasurable experience. You know, honestly, I can tell you now, I can make a bet with you that the first poo that you catch, you, you'll never look back. It's so pleasurable. <laughs> it's like you just feel like you're just totally winning at life, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> okay, this journey will involve a share of poo catching. I wouldn't have expected that. Nor would I have ever thought my husband and I would stand in our kitchen and cook up the human waste that came out of my body after giving birth. Okay, I'm opening it and... <gasps> oh, it doesn't oh look that, that bad. That is disgusting. That is absolutely so disgusting. That's right, they put it in a Ziploc bag for us. See, it's really... Look, it looks like a really juicy steak. There's heaps of blood. I'm it looks so like, squeamish about blood. I feel it's cold. Oh, yeah. I guess this is what it's going to take to become an overnight eco-warrior. The question is, can I stomach it? Because to be honest with you... Zoe's just been born and I'm already completely exhausted. Anyone who's been here knows it. Leaky cloth nappies can really give you the shits. Stupid reusable nappies where all of the wee comes out. Let's get another nappy. Which one do you want? Do you want the one that doesn't work or the one that doesn't work? Yeah, I'd like one of the ones that doesn't work. Thank you. there you go. But you know who it does work for? The environment. Okay, so I'm feeling pretty dubious about whether I can succeed. At this point, I feel like I just need someone who will believe in me, someone to kickstart this thing, someone who reckons waste reduction is possible and necessary, someone like Craig Rucastle. You might know him as the fair-haired, gap-toothed, cheeky guy from The Chaser. Now Craig's the host of a doco series called War on Waste, and he's been trying to get everyone to do more when it comes to the environment. He's even arrived to our catch-up on a bike which I feel like is really unnecessarily flaunting his eco-chops. He's not in Lycra, though. Slacks and a collared check shirt. The Craig Rucastle uniform. Surely he's the guy who can guide me in the right direction as a zero-waster. Um, are you looking for cutlery? Yes. And in turn, I can guide him in the right direction yeah. to the cutlery. Haven't you been to a hipster cafe in a while? They don't put it out for you. No, I just whack it in a cup. I, I couldn't see it. We're meeting up at the back of a little cafe in Sydney's inner west. I thought it was appropriate because it felt kind of grungy and dirty in an earthy environmental way. Like maybe they use that green cleaning product that doesn't really clean properly. Though admittedly, this courtyard does have some sort of bug infestation. Can you get that mozzie? Yeah, Yeah. and it's just coming to the baby. Uh, Oh, gosh. I got it. (laughs) That also acted as the clap, which I hadn't done for the audio. (laughs) I really do feel like Craig's going to be a big help. Zero Waste is his wheelhouse, and this is a podcast premise... I imagine he'll be very much on board with. So the interesting thing about the idea of 
This is a zero waste podcast. Is that the idea? Zero waste baby. Yeah. So is it zero waste parenthood? Yeah. So is it uh, wrong of me to disagree with the entire premise of the podcast at the start of it? Oh shit. <laughs> okay, go on. No, no, no. I, I'm only kidding you. But it's interesting because I, one of the things I think is important in this is that some people will be able to go zero and kind of I've met some amazing people over the years that do that kind of thing. But if you aim only to go zero, I reckon, just say you've got 10% of people who went full zero and the rest were like, that was just too hard, I pulled out. If you can get like 2% going zero waste and 50% of people who have cut it in half, you get a much bigger result in the end. So I think the thing is that people who go, I can't do all of that, shouldn't think I shouldn't do any, anything at all. And that's a big difference. My approach is more, can I halve my waste? Then can I halve it again? And that's kind of, you know, you never get to zero, but you're always achieving and you're always getting better. Yeah, I take that approach to vegetarianism. I'm like, if everybody had a little bit less meat, it would be better. But it's also because I just love chicken nuggets occasionally. (laughs) And let's be honest, they're probably not made of real chicken anyway. But I get his point. It's just that he's definitely making it seem like the average person might find a full 100% zero waste perfectionist approach unachievable. So you don't think it's going to be achievable for me? I'm at the very beginning. No, no, I do think it's achievable. I'm just saying that, I, that, that, you know, for your listeners, it shouldn't be about the only way to succeed in this is to get to zero waste. Like, for me, zero waste is a journey rather than a destination. Oh, that's so poetic and beautiful. Um, so what do you reckon is enemy number one for baby landfill? <clears throat> the baby. If you can get rid of the baby, it will massively reduce the... I mean, you had heaps, didn't you? I've, I've How many three, do you have? Okay. I've got three kids. I've got three teenagers, so I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm actually not somebody that believes that kind of don't-have-kids approach. I actually think it's about reducing everyone's footprint. Craig reckons the big issue with baby waste can be boiled down to making the products you have, like toys, clothes, wipes, whatever, useful for as long as possible. Which, I mean, that sounds simple. If I look back on my time now when my kids were young, I would say I should have never bought anything new. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, firstly, you'll get given a lot of stuff. Secondly, there is so much secondhand baby stuff that's barely used that is, I mean, handed from friends. We got heaps of stuff that way. But even just go to Gumtree and there's, like, enormous amount of free things there. Mm. It's kind of like you just really don't need to go out and buy new stuff. And that'd be the, I think that's one of the biggest things you could make an impact with to reduce your environmental footprint. Okay, yeah, I feel like this is some good practical advice. I don't need to go out and get stuff to be zero waste. The key will be accumulating less. Really the, the simplest thing is to not buy the thing in the first place. That's how you reduce waste. Yeah, that's the hardest thing, though, particularly with online shopping. It just feels so easy and, you know, it doesn't feel like you're actually buying something. Yeah, I'd be fascinated. Like, I hate online shopping and shopping full stop, and I think that's that's a good start. Hate shopping. Yeah. Okay. yeah, step one, learn to hate online shopping. That, for me, will be particularly tricky since Big Mill has raised me to love bulk buying stuff, like electric golf carts, for example. But one thing Craig does keep banging on about is my carbon footprint. And stupidly, I haven't even really considered that yet. Does that fit into my zero-waste remit? Oh, there's so much to keep in mind. Surely I can still drive around. Man, I draw the line at buying a Prius. So let's see if I've got Craig's advice right. To reduce my carbon footprint, I would use a plastic bag instead of a cotton-made one if I did shopping, which I won't because I'm learning to hate it. Got it. Oh, God, this is stressful. (laughs) 
Craig keeps telling me to relax about all this, but I feel like I'm getting instant hives. Or it could be that I'm covered in mozzie bites. Same mozzie that you didn't get. (laughs) I swear I got it. This is a new one. This is his brother. (laughs) Either way, I've got a lot to think about. Okay, deep breaths. I've got three months to give this thing a red hot go. Will I raise this baby in hemp and banana leaves or will I crumble and package her in polystyrene like everyone else? Coming up next episode, I make a pretty bold commitment to zero waste, investigating birth waste and the best ways to reuse it, even if that means putting my money where my mouth is, or in this case, my placenta where my mouth is. You know how you were talking about, like, cooking the placenta? You're talking to me? (laughs) Oh, yuck. (laughs) No. Yuck, go away. No. No. That's cruel. You're a freak. Yuck, it looks like rotty. (laughs) That's next time on Zero Waste Baby. And if you hit subscribe on this podcast, then you'll get a free notification every time I release a new episode. And while I still have you, if you liked it, please give it five stars and recommend it to a friend. If you didn't like it, don't say anything. Zero Waste Baby was written and presented by Veronica Milsom. Script consultation and original music by James Milsom, my brother. Editing assistance by Lindsay Green. And audio production by Darcy Thompson. Jennifer Goggin was the executive producer. Also, she helped to write this. Also, she edited it. She did a lot of the things and she's put a gun to my head. She's making me say this. Listener.